Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Lift up your hands and speak to the Lord. Ask the Lord to speak to you. Lift up your hands. Ask the power of the blood to touch your life. We give you praise. Hallowed be thy name. You are holy. You are holy. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. Lift up your hands. Of the There is power. for us. We celebrate the blood. We praise you, Master Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence and your guidance. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord and you may be seated. Now, let me tell you what we are going to do tomorrow because tomorrow is going to be a special night. Tomorrow we are going to have communion and healing service. If you want to be healed, tomorrow you should be here. If you know anybody who wants divine healing, bring the person along tomorrow. We are going to have, we'll preach the word. 
Now, you don't want to miss tomorrow's word. Because I'm going to speak tomorrow some amazing things. Tomorrow, God willing, I'll be preaching on um, I'll be preaching on victory, power, and healing through the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to explain to you that scripture in Revelation 12:11, and they overcame him by the blood and by the word of their testimony. All right. And then I was explaining to the scripture that says that and Satan and his angels were cast down. All right. So I will take you beyond Genesis chapter one. We'll start from beyond Genesis chapter one. All right. And then we come through to see. Why the blood has defeated Satan. Hallelujah. I will explain to you how Satan got into the garden. And who was he before that time? I will teach you that Satan occupied two offices. He was the only angel that occupied the office of cherubims and the office of the seraphims. Yeah. Do you understand it? And how he was in charge of um, the world and what happened. Will you be here tomorrow? So this is just a little. And I'll teach you the, the five levels of angels. We have the seraphims. We have the cherubims. We have the living creatures. We have the archangels. Then we have the angels. And I'll show you the differences between them. Hallelujah. And I will show you that the world was not created. It was restored. And, and what does it, what's the difference between creation and restoration? Tomorrow, if you don't come, 80% of your life is gone. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are talking about the glorious and the eternal blessings of the blood of Jesus Christ. How many of you have come to appreciate the blood of Jesus Christ? Now I, I, want, to, I want to tell you something. When you wake up every morning, just say the blood of Jesus. Just sprinkle the blood of Jesus, your bedroom, your kitchen, your car, Everywhere, just sprinkle the blood of that. Just say the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, we have been talking about the fact that there has been a blood covenant between God and his people. And this blood covenant came about because of the fall of man. When God created man, man was perfect. 
He was created in the image of God and in the likeness of God. And God is perfect. In fact, the scripture says that and God looked at all that he has done and behold, it was good. There was nothing evil about what God um, uh, created. Amen. I got what I'm saying. Eh? And somebody will ask, what about the serpent? Because he was evil. All right? The serpent was not part of that creation. During that creation, he was already there. Not to come tomorrow. Amen. Now, the devil deceived the man, and that is what I'll be explaining to you tomorrow. Deceived the man to sin against God. So sin enters into man, and the nature of man changes such that now he could not relate with a holy God anymore. Hallelujah. And he had to die. The Bible said that the soul that sinned, it shall die. And so they died. In fact, God told them in Genesis 2.16, if you eat the tree of the knowledge of good and, and, and good, you will die. And he was talking about a spiritual separation. Amen. Then, when man saw that he was now naked from his sin. Alright. And um, that nakedness was explained by the fact that when they were relating with God alright, from the beginning, his glory covered them. So when they sinned, now the glory of God moved and they were exposed. May you not lose the glory of God in your life. Father, in the name, lift up your two hands and ask for the glory of God to be upon your life, your ministry, your, your marriage. Lord, we ask for your glory to be upon this church, upon our lives, in the name of Jesus. May we not lose your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So, man now attempted to cover his sin with thick leaves. So, they took thick leaves, you know, and they covered um, themselves. Genesis 3, 7. And when God came to fellowship with them, Genesis 3, 8, he asked Adam, where art thou? And, and, and they said, we, we heard you coming and then we have run away into the trees. You know. Then God said, have, have you eaten of the tree of the which I told you? Then he said, the woman that thou gavest to me. And God asked, God told Eve, what is this thing that you have done? Do you understand it? What is this thing that you have done? Adam allowed himself to be led by his assistant. When you are an assistant, you must not try to enter the office of the leader. When you do that, there is an anointing to assist and an anointing to lead. So when you are an assistant and you force yourself into the office of the leader, you can cause a lot of trouble. Amen. If move force herself from the office of the assistant, the wife, do you see, and began to take decisions as that of the leader. And look at where 
all the troubles that uh, uh, we are all in. So wives, be happy to be in your place. You are our helpers. Do you understand it? You are not us. You are our helpers. Accept it. And it was not the man that was deceived. It was the woman that was deceived. And Satan deceived Eve because he spotted a weak point in her, which was not a very good understanding of the word of God. Because Satan said, has God said that you should not eat of all the trees? I have gone. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Receive your advancement by the blood. Healing by the blood. Every spirit are living, are living your body, your mind, in the name of Jesus. Look. When you go home, check yourself. Some spots, some, some swelling, some pain. You just, you realize it's gone. It's gone. Amen. Do you understand it? So now, God introduced at that point the blood sacrifice to redeem his people. In Genesis 3.21, the Bible says that God took the skins of animals and he covered them. Whilst the skins were still wet with blood, he covered them to redeem his people. Hallelujah. And by that, he revealed and established the blood sacrifice, the blood covenant with Adam. Adam revealed this covenant to his children, Abel and Cain. When it was time for them to offer sacrifices, Abel by faith, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, offered a more excellent offering because he offered a blood sacrifice. And I was explaining to you that the Bible said that Abel by faith, by faith, alright, and how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, which means that he had heard something. His father had spoken about the blood Covenant to them. But he believed, but Cain did not believe. May you believe what the Lord says in the name of Jesus. From today you are a believer in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And God rejected Cain's um, sacrifice, but he had respect to Abel's sacrifice. When Noah came out of the ark, The first thing he did was that he baptized the earth with blood. For he built an altar. In Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20, he built an altar. And he took one each of all the clean animals. When he was going into the ark, God told him the unclean animals take two. The clean ones take seven. So when he came out, he took one each of the clean animals. 
that's one dog, one pigeon, one goat, one this, and sacrifice. Because he understood that for him to continue to live and to do well, he had, and to relate with God, he had to sacrifice blood. And when he did that, the next thing that happened was that God said, I will not curse the earth again. When God saw the blood, he said, I will not curse the earth again. Abraham made the blood sacrifice. When he entered the, the promised land, Canaan, in Genesis 12, 7, he offered blood. He built an altar. His son, Isaac, Genesis 26, built an ark, an altar. Jacob, when he came back from his uncle Laban and settled in the land, the first thing he did was that he built an altar in Genesis 33, verse 20. Hallelujah. Now after that, you remember that Joseph was sold into slavery. And God orchestrated a plan to save Israel. Listen, not everything you are going through is from the devil. I want to tell some people, you are going through some things. It is not from the devil. God's hand is directing your life. Even though it does not look good. The scripture says that all things are for your sake. And the scripture says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purposes. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians 1, 9 talks about the mystery of God. So, allow God to, to, to turn out things for you in your life. Amen. Because in Genesis chapter 50, when the brothers of Joseph went to him after their father had died to beg. He said, you didn't do anything. He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good so that he would save us. The whole of the Joseph story was so that God would save the remnant of Israel during the famine for his promises to Abraham to continue to be perpetuated. Not everything which is happening in your life that is evil or bad is from the devil. Be patient. Hallelujah. Amen. And even if it is bad, as long as you love God, it will work out for your good. For people who love God, God's promise is that all things work out for their good. That promise is not for unbelievers. It's for people who love God. It is even not for all Christians. It's for people who love God. When they got into Egypt, they were there for 430 years. Originally, God has told Abraham that they were going to be there for 400 years. But when the 400 years came, they had no intercessor. So they continued. There are things that are continuing in your life because there's no intercessor. There's nobody who is praying for you. I want to say it again, as I, I said it two days, two days ago, that everybody here must become an intercessor 
Amen. And you must also have intercessors praying for you. It's very important. Now, by that time, you have forgotten about the blood covenant. You have even forgotten about the God of Abraham. The person who remembered the God of Abraham was Joseph. When he was tempted by the wife of Potiphar, he said, I will not sin against my God. Thereafter, after some time, the people have forgotten God. Forgotten the blood covenant. In fact, in Genesis chapter 3, when God called Moses, Moses asked him, who are you? And he said, so when I go, who should I say send us? He said, tell them, I am the God. So God now revealed himself to them again. But for him to deliver them and to relate to them, he now reintroduced the blood covenant. So in Exodus chapter 12, every household of Israel, and I was telling that there were 3 million um, Jews. If every household was 3, it means 1 million households were sacrificing a lamb. And he said, sprinkle, paint the lentil and the, the size of the door of the blood. In that, God was showing them prophetically the cross of his son who was coming to die. Thousands of years later. Because when you paint the sides and the top, you get the sign of the cross. And God said, I will let the destroyer come to the land of Egypt. But when I see the blood, see the blood, I will pass over you. Hallelujah. So the blood covenant was introduced and it was only through the blood that they were delivered. God sent plagues, frogs, flies, all kinds of things. Pharaoh said no. And God had to use his last card. I see God using his last card. Listen, the blood, when nothing works, begin to use the blood. I said when nothing works, begin to use the blood. Hallelujah. Amen. In Exodus chapter, so the blood sacrifice was now introduced. In Exodus 24, when Moses received the law of the covenant, okay, he made Israel to stand at the foot of Sinai. And there, he offered blood sacrifice. He made the young priests, thousands of them, to move to the people to make sacrifices. Collected all the blood and put them in basins. He used half of the blood in Genesis 24, uh, uh, Exodus 24, to baptize the altar. And the other half, he sprinkled it on the people of Israel. Can we imagine three million people standing there? Covered of the blood. And when God saw that they were covered with the blood, immediately in Exodus chapter 25 and verse 8, look at it, in Exodus 25 and verse 8, immediately the blood covered them. God said, 
Exodus 25 verse 8. 25 verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. It is only by the blood. When God sees that we are covered with the blood, that God will dwell among us. Do you know that God dwells in us? We are the temple of God. But God does not dwell in unbelievers. Because they don't have the blood on them. But we have the blood of the Lamb on us. This blood sacrifice continued for 1,500 years until Jesus Christ came to the face of the earth. Because it was not possible, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 4, for the blood of animals, bulls and goats to take away sins. All those things were a shadow of things to come. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? Every day, every day, the, the, the priest had to enter the tabernacle. I spoke to you about the tabernacle. And if you want to know about the tabernacle worship, alright, um, you should read Hebrews chapter 9. Okay, maybe you can put it there. Let's read it. Hebrews chapter 9. Then, very the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shoe bread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer, that is the ark, the, and the ark of the covenant, and overlaid round about of gold wherein was the golden so the, the overlay the golden overlay was the message and in the ark okay wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant and over it the cherubims of glory overshadowing the message of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always to the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. Every day. But unto the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not, that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Which stood only in meat and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ, but Christ, being come an high priest of good things to come, 
by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of, his, of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Are you clapping your hands for Jesus? Listen. Nobody could go to the presence of God except the high priest once a year. When Jesus died, do you know what happened? When he died on the cross, there was an earthquake. And during that earthquake, the veil in the temple Split into two. Signifying that from that day, everybody, once you were covered with the blood, you had access to the presence of the Lord. Amen? Huh? Continue? For in the blood of bulls and of goats, and the ashes of an hyphen sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Amen. So, 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 the blood sacrifice even as practiced in the tabernacle was all a shadow until Jesus came. And when Jesus came and John the Baptist saw him, he revealed to the world his purpose. He pointed to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, John 1, which taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. Once his blood was sacrificed, there was no need and there is no need and there shall be no need of any blood of goat. Those of you who are in homes where they sacrifice goats, chickens and all that, you are wasting your time. Hallelujah. Now, the blood of Jesus that was shared has powerful eternal blessings which we Christians have enjoyed and continue to enjoy. Amen. And we need to understand so that we can benefit from the blood. The blood of Jesus, I'll be telling you tomorrow, is more powerful than all the power of the nuclear arsonists in the world. Hallelujah. It's very powerful. And yet, we don't understand it. That is why I'm taking my time. Today is the third day I'm talking to you about the blood. Now, the first blessing that this blood ensures is forgiveness. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, all right, 7. We have forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, 14. We have forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. And to forgive means that your sins have been put away. You have been pardoned. How many of you are happy? And you have been pardoned. The reason why you and I can sit here tonight is because we have been pardoned. 
We have been pardoned. Amen. But not only has the blood forgiven us, and then I said there are also three attitudes that we must have when it comes to forgiveness. Number one, we must know that even now, as a child of God, if you sin and you genuinely confess and repent, God still forgives you. 1 John 1, 9 and 10. Amen. The second attitude is that, but you should not continue intentionally sinning because there is no small sacrifice for intentional, willful sin. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26. And thirdly, we, because we have been forgiven, must also forgive those who sin against us continuously. Somebody asked Jesus how many times? Eh? In Matthew chapter, um, chapter 18, somebody asked Jesus how many times? Seven times. Jesus said, 70 times seven. More. Forgive him. Hallelujah. Amen. Right. The next benefit of the blood is redemption. To redeem means to be released. To be made to escape, to be made to go free after a ransom has been paid. Ephesians 1 7 says that we have redemption through his blood. Colossians 1.14 says we have redemption through his blood. It was because of his blood. So Jesus' blood was shed as a payment. Do you understand? Eh? We were in prison. We were at Canterback. Then somebody came to sign the bail. So, okay, I'll pay. Let him go. Let him go. If you have ever been at Canterback before, you want somebody to come and bail you. You want somebody to come and bail you. Hallelujah. So we have been redeemed by the blood. Say, I've been redeemed by the blood. Amen. Amen. Not only have we been redeemed, but we have been reconciled back. We have been reconciled back to God. Amen. Reconciliation talks about being brought back to the former place of favor, the former place of harmony, the former place of peace. Hallelujah. Do you remember Isaiah 50, 59? He says that, Behold, the hands of the Lord, they are not short. They cannot save. Neither are his ears hardened. They cannot hear you. But your sins have separated between him and you. Hallelujah. The scripture says that God is angry with the wicked every day. So, so, so before Jesus came, God had great anger for us. There was a great wrath. John 3, 16, whosoever, whosoever has a son has life. But whosoever do not have the life of the son do, does not have life but the wrath of God. The wrath of God, the great anger of God. It's upon that person. 
So, not only has God forgiven us, redeemed us, not only are we free from the captivity of Satan, alright, but he has also reconciled, brought us back. But I explained to you that the only way God could do that was to cover us. So, to, so reconciliation means to cover. He has covered us with, with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has covered us. So now we can come to, come to God because he does not see us. He sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because honestly, if you look at your life, some of the things that you have done, how can you say that you are a Christian? <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. So even as at now, uh, as at now, some people when you tell them that you are going to church, they they they, they laugh in a certain way. I get what I'm saying, because they know you. But don't mind them. You should quote the scripture and say, "If any man be in Christ, any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new." Hallelujah. Why don't you clap your hands for the Lord? Another thing we saw yesterday that the blood of Jesus. Are you all there? At the back, are you there? Another thing we saw yesterday that the blood of Jesus has done is that the blood of Jesus has cleansed us. And we were so blessed yesterday, is that not so? Because of the cleansing agent that was released in our midst yesterday. There's a difference between pardon and cleansing. Forgiveness. Pardon means that your sins have been put aside. But cleansing removes the pollution. It removes the stain of that sin in your soul. The, the sin consciousness and the sin guiltiness. If that thing is not removed, that is what explains why some people go back to the old sins. There's a particular sin that you keep going back. Because its consciousness is still there. But, but, the blood of Jesus removes that stain, that pollution from your soul. Are you getting that? And we saw it in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 30. Look at it again. 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse number 13. When David took somebody's wife, slept with her, and then killed the person. A prophet, prophet Nathan, went to him and told him about it. And in 2 Samuel 12, 13, the scripture says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, No problem. The Lord also had put away thy sin. So that is forgiveness. That's another. The Lord also has put aside. I put away thy sin. So that was pardon. So Nathan made it very clear to... to um, 
David, because you have seen your sins and you have repented, God has forgiven you. He made it very clear to him. Do you understand? But even though his sins have been forgiven, the sin consciousness and the stain of that adulterous relationship and the murderous act that he has done weighed down heavily on him and controlled his life for a long time. So he went to the presence of God in Psalm 51. Look at it. Psalm 51. Eh? Verse 1 and 2. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. This, 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 this is the prayer that David prayed when he sinned against Bathsheba. Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. That is, forgive me. Verse 2. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Watch it. Wash me and cleanse me. Not only pardon me, but I want you to cleanse me. Let every stain. Let every stain. Now, why, why was there the need for him to be cleansed? Verse 14. Why was there the need for him to be cleansed? He said, deliver me from blood guiltiness. He felt blood guilty. Even though he had been forgiven. So, listen. So, maybe you have committed some abortions. You know that God has forgiven you. But there are times that it comes to your mind. You are a murderer. You are a murderer. You are a murderer. God will punish you. But I want you to know that the blood of Jesus can cleanse you today from that thought. Receive the cleansing agent in your life. Receive the cleansing agent in your life. Receive the cleansing agent in your life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So, these are the four blessings Today we want to press on. I want to give you three. Alright. That fifth blessing, eternal blessing of the blood of Jesus is sanctification. 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 Sanctification through the blood. Sanctification means to make holy. It means to consecrate. It means to ded- dedicate. It means to purify. To purify. Now, look at me, everybody. For us, cleansing deals with the old life. Sanctification deals with our present life. Through cleansing, we are able to move, we are able to sort of put the old life and its remembrance and its effect back. But as we walk with the law in our present day, day to day, it is very important for us to walk in sanctification or in holiness or in consecration to God. And that process of sanctification is brought about and achieved and obtained through the blood of Jesus Christ. How many of you understand that? I'll say it again. The cleansing, as we have said, has us to deal with the former life. 
Look, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what type of sin you committed. Under the blood, it is gone. Never let the devil deceive you. That is the power of the blood. That is the power of the blood. Psalm 103 verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so has he put away our transgressions. He said, I will forgive them their sins and remember them no more. That is the commitment of God. And then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from the stain, the pollution of the saints. Now, now that we are justified by the blood and called the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he has made them to become sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So now we stand before God as right. I think you should appreciate God for a clap And you see, you see, that is why the Lord is teaching about us about this because if you, if you lack understanding of these things, you can become weak in your Christian walk. The devil will always tell you something. Yeah? And remember that it is not because your sinful nature has changed you. How many of you know that the, the, the flesh is still bad? Now, if you don't believe it, I want to tell you somebody. Ask for that person when he speaks. You believe. Paul. Paul. He said in Romans chapter 7 verse 18. He said, for I know that in me that in order not to create any confusion, he said into brackets, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Paul. He didn't want any confusion. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh. Look, never trust your flesh. Anybody sitting down here, I don't mind whether you are vice God, vice Pope, Bishop. The flesh can embarrass you. So the flesh is bad. But the reason why we are righteous is because of the blood of Jesus. Clap your hands for the Lord. Understand sanctification, we must understand the nature of God. 
Amen. The God that we serve is a holy God. Can I have an amen? Eh? Wow. Holiness is the attribute of God. The perfection of God's nature. God is holy. God is holy. Look at Revelation 4.8. Revelation 4.8. Revelation 4.8. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about them. And they were full of eyes within and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, 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 Lord God In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled with the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twine, he covered his face, and with twine, he covered his feet, and with twine, he did fly. Verse 3. And one cried unto another, and said, Holy holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Listen. Listen. God is a holy God. God is a holy God. Actually, holiness is a person. Hallelujah. Holiness it's a person. Just like truth. It's a person. Jesus said, I am the truth. Holiness is a person. Who is this person? Look at Second Kings chapter 19 and verse 22. Second Kings chapter 19. Now, this was during the time of King Hezekiah when Sennacherib Sennacherib, I think it was the agent of uh, 
Nebuchadnezzar, one of those wicked kings, was sent to go and harass Israel. And he insulted the king, insulted the king, insulted the children of Israel, and insulted the God of Israel. Now, in verse 22, God sent Isaiah, the son of Amos, to go and tell Hezekiah, go and speak this word to Chenazareb. And God said, tell him, who hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thy eyes on high? Even against the Holy One of Israel. Holiness is a person. And that is God. And the reason why, and the reason why God wants you and I to be holy, God wants us to walk in sanctification and dedicated to Him, consecrated to Him, is because a holy God cannot walk with unholy people. Light cannot accommodate darkness. Light cannot accommodate darkness. The Bible said that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shined into the darkness. And the darkness comprehended. In other words, the darkness disappeared. Light always consumes darkness. So now, now, God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth after me shall not be in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John chapter 9 and verse 5, Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. God is light. God is light. And God and sin is darkness. Sin is darkness. In, in Acts chapter 26, when Paul stood before King Agrippa and was explaining to him, you know, the call of God, in Acts chapter 26, he explained to him that God has called me to turn the, the people from darkness to light. And when Jesus started preaching, In, in, in Matthew chapter 4, when you read it from, from verse uh, 14, in verse 16, the Bible talks about uh, the, 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 the regions of Naphtali and Zabalon. And the Bible said, that, and the people who sat in this region in, in great darkness have seen great light. And in Matthew 5, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Listen, listen, listen. The reason why we might be sanctified is because God is light. So, he cannot accommodate darkness. When you walk in sin, now that, now that you are saved, remember that you have been forgiven. Remember that you have been redeemed. Remember that 
you have been reconciled back to God. Remember that you have been cleansed. So now you have been, if you remember, we spoke about it, Romans chapter, chapter um, 6, verse 4, that we have now been lifted up into newness of life. You cannot continue to walk in darkness. Many of us are walking in darkness. Many of us are walking in darkness. But you cannot continue to walk in darkness. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 1. Second Thessalonians chapter 5. Or First Thessalonians 5. Quickly. First Thessalonians 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Quickly, 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 quickly. For yourself know perfectly, perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as shall veil upon a woman of child, and they shall not escape. Verse 4. But ye brethren, but ye brethren are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. But ye brethren are not in darkness. Now, how do, you, how, how do you find yourself in darkness when you walk in sin? The grace of God is not a license for you to be sinning. For what? Shall we continue to sin so that the grace of God shall abound? Don't take the grace of God for granted. Yes. That is why the blood of Jesus was shed. To sanctify us. And Jesus had to die. Jesus had to die. To make that sanctification possible. Can I have an amen? Look at John. John chapter 17 and verse 19. John chapter 17 and verse 19. And for their sakes. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. That they also might be sanctified through the truth. For thy sake. For their sake. Hallelujah. For their sake. John 17, 19. Then Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, 9 and 10. Hebrews chapter 10, 9 and 10. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, what is God's expectation of you and I? First Peter chapter 1, 15 and 16. Look at it very quickly. First Peter chapter 1, 15. But as he which I called you is holy. Huh? Holy. Revelation 4, 8. Holy, holy, holy. Isaiah 6, 2 and 3. Holy, holy, holy. In fact, 
Holiness is the nature of God. According to 2 Kings chapter 19 and verse 22. The Holy One of Israel. But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That word conversation is an old word that means behavior. So in all your behavior, the Bible says that be holy. Because God is holy. In all, in all, in all your, in all your behavior, God says that you must be separate. You must always remember that I'm separated. When we are tempted to fornicate, you must remember that your body, your body, your body belongs to God. The, the, listen, the reason why I don't want to fornicate is not because I will not enjoy it, but I have a deep understanding that my body is the temple of God. How many of you understand that? No, no, no. Fornication is very nice. It's enjoyable. But the reason why I'm not going to do it is because I have a deep understanding that my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I've been purchased with a price. Therefore, I must glorify God in my body and in my spirit, which are God's. The Bible said, how can I take the members of Christ and give it to Satan? Devils. down. The blood has achieved sanctification. That is why every time you pray, you must ask the Lord to sanctify you. Just in case some impurities, some impure thoughts, some filthiness, sometimes you have touched, sometimes you have said. Do you understand it? Eh? Eh? Yes. What? When, when we have, when you go to our home, so we have special, you know, plates. Alright. After we have eaten and soiled of palm nut soup, you know, and all kinds, our mothers would go to the kitchen and wash and clean them again and put them back. Yeah. Amen. Listen. You cannot afford to live anyhow. You are not the ch- we are we are no more the children of darkness. We used to be. We used to be, but now we are the light of the world. Amen. I got it. Yeah. That is why Jesus said in Matthew five sixteen, "Let your light so shine. Let your light so shine." So that men will see your good works and give glory to your Father, which is in heaven. You see, men, men should say, ah, but this girl, we need her to be like this. We need this brother to be like this. Well. How come that today he's like this? Because you have become light. Let the light shine. I see your light shining. 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 How many of you understand sanctification? Amen? Now, how do we achieve sanctification? How do we achieve sanctification? Watch this. How do we achieve sanctification? How do we achieve sanctification? 
We achieve sanctification by going closer to God. Because any darkness that goes near light is absorbed. So that is why John said in John 3 that he must increase but I must decrease. We must decrease but God in us must increase. And in James 4, 7, he says, draw nigh unto me and I unto you. Draw nigh. We must come close to God. As we come close to God, the light of God will consume our darkness. The more we go closer to God, the more we stay satisfied. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do not be deceived. Do not take the grace of God for granted. Let me show you Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 again. Church, look at me, everybody. We must have a proper respect and fear for God. The Bible says that for it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the Lord. My God, God is merciful. But it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the Lord. Do not take the grace of God for granted. The reason why you are not dead is not because what you are doing, God has not seen, but he, he is patient. But if you persist in it, you'll be destroyed. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 1. He that often be rebuked, stiffness his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. You harden your neck. You shall be destroyed without remedy. Listen. Moses was described by God as the most meek man on earth. As a matter of fact, in Numbers chapter 12, when Aaron and Miriam spoke against Moses, God judged Miriam. But did you know? But did you know that for a little mistake, a little, a little, a little mistake, a little mistake, Moses was prevented from going into the promised land. I'm talking about the man that God said he's the most big. He told Aaron and Miriam, when I was speaking to prophets, I will just speak to them similarly to and others, but with Moses, we speak mouth to mouth. Yeah. In Numbers 33, Moses told God, show yourself to me. God said, you can't handle it. I'll show you my back. I'll just show my back parts. And this man, for a little mistake. What was the mistake? What was the mistake? They needed water. Exodus 17. God said, strike the rock. The water came. They were very happy. They drank. At another time, they needed water. God said, this time, don't strike the rock. Speak to the rock. And the people had murmured against him out of frustration. See, some of you are killing your pastor, but you don't know. You are pressurizing. Revenue still wrote a book 
the, 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 the pressure of the people. You are making us to bath you with oil, give you oil as enema. If, we, if you don't bath you, you don't respect us. That's why when we call for all nights, you don't come. But places where they will bath you. Look, look at you, sister. Look at what is at your back that somebody is bathing. Look at you. I mean, they have made you naked. And the prophet Alpha Ngo, you, sister, will this your big to whom to? And the ordinance, and I want to go down and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look at you. But because when you come, we, we don't bath you. When we have answer time, with a powerful prophet, that's why you won't come. One bishop, Ernest, a prophet of God, stands. What about the prophet of God? Great prophet of God. But because he's not bathing. Because he doesn't charge. Sit down. Hallelujah. Let's go close to God. Let's walk in sanctification. Let's be consecrated to the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give our love to Jesus. Our eyes are for Jesus. Our ears are for Jesus. Our hands are for Jesus. Our feet are for Jesus. Our spirits are for Jesus. Everything. That is what Jesus meant in Matthew 22. 37, when he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy spirit and with all thy strength. Everything. Are you clapping your hands for Jesus? So, sanctification by the blood. Sanctification by the blood. Remember that Jesus offered his own blood for our sanctification. Everything came at a very expensive price. We don't take anything for granted. Hallelujah. God is preparing a peculiar point. Look at Titus chapter 2 from verse 11. Look at Titus chapter 2 from verse 11. For the grace of God that brings us salvation has appeared to all men. Continue. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Teaching us that denying, look at me, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Worldly lusts. Filthiness. Evil. Pornography. Listen. Listen. Don't, don't be happy that you are into pornography. Don't be happy. Don't be happy. You are taking the grace of God for granted. 
Yes. We are taking the grace of God for granted. What is God's expectation? The grace of God, which bringeth salvation, has appeared unto all men. Verse 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Worldly lusts. Worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Christians, this is what God expects from us. That we live righteously, godly, godly, in the fear of God in this present world, as we are waiting for the coming of Christ. I'm waiting for another convention when I'll, I'll teach you, you know, and the topic of the convention is where we were, where we are, and where we are going. We'll start from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 22. Pray that you'll be here. Amen? Amen. No, we, we must understand these things. As we are standing here right now, the next event we expect is the rapture. The rapture. When the rapture happens, when Jesus will appear and then the church will go, I'm, 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 I am, I'm sorry to say that there will be pockets of people. We will dash you the keyboard, we will dash you everything. We will go. As you have found somebody to bath in your, your bands. Respect yourself, sister. Respect yourself. Respect yourself. Amen? There are certain things that only you are supposed to see or your husband or your wife and that the next people who are qualified to see is my profession, doctors. We are allowed to see things legally. We should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. Verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Stop what you are doing. Stop it. It's enough. Stop it. What you are doing doesn't glorify God. It doesn't glorify God. It, it does not glorify God. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You are too precious for God. God loves you too much. 
He loved you so, so much that he sent his only begotten son to come to die so that he will send you to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Number seven. The seventh blessing. Eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Eternal life is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. We receive eternal life through the blood of Jesus Christ. Why is it so? Look at Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11. Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11. Look at everybody. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Verse 12. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. Verse 13. And whosoever man there be of the children of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you which hunted and catcheth any beast of fowl that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust. Verse 14. For it is the life of all flesh. The blood is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is the life thereof. The blood it's the life. Lift up your right hand. Say blood is life. Blood is life. Yes. That is why people who practice spiritism and juju and all that, sometimes when they go, they ask them to bring, they, they ask them to bring life, by human life. And then they take blood. They don't carry the whole body, the blood. Because the life is in the blood. Therefore, when Jesus hung on the cross and shed his blood, the blood that came was his life. The blood of Jesus was shed seven times from Gethsemane to Calvary. From Gethsemane to Calvary, his blood was shed seven times. In Luke 20, 22, in the garden when he was praying, the Bible said that he prayed and cried until his very sweat that was number one. When they brought him before the Sahindrin, they slapped him and they pulled his beard. Isaiah chapter 50. They pulled his beard and
and the blood came. That was number two. When they brought him to Pontius Pilate, they lashed his back 39 times. And the blood came out. That was three. And when they finished, they planted a crown of thorns. The Roman soldiers upon his head and pierced it. And the blood came. That was four. And at Calvary, they pierced his hands. Five. They pierced his legs. Six. And they took a spear and they struck his side. Seven. And all that blood that came. The blood came until he had no life. He had no life. And he had no life. Because it was the Passover. Alright? The following day. They had to finish them very quickly. So they could go and celebrate the Passover. When they got to him, what, what they did is that they would break your bones to accelerate the death. When they got to him, he was dead. The life was gone. The life was gone because the blood drained. And it is that life that has been given in exchange for our life. Adam died in the garden. But the second Adam came and gave his blood for us to receive back the life that we have lost. John chapter 6, verse 53. John chapter 6, verse 53. Jesus said unto them, Very, very, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Verse 54. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. The source of eternal life is his blood. And his body that was broken for us. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. Eternal life. So eternal life is the seventh blessing of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, without the blood, you can't have it. Look at John chapter 3 verse 36. Without the blood, you cannot have it. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Listen. Look at me. Church, as we are going home, your brother who goes to, who is a Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Jehovah Witness, Hare Krishna, whatever. Listen, you are, in the, you are living in the same house. If the person does not believe in Christ, the person can pray 100 times a day, gives arms, do whatever. What qualifies anybody? To have life is eating the flesh of the Son of God and drinking his blood. Life is in the 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 blood. And, and, and not in any type of blood. The blood 
of Jesus Christ. Clap your hands for Jesus, somebody. And number seven. Forgiveness to the blood. Redemption to the blood. Reconciliation to the blood. Cleansing to the blood. Sanctification to the blood. Eternal life to the blood. Number seven. Union with God through the blood. Union with God. Union with God is achieved through the blood. John chapter 6. Let's read from verse 55. Receive your healing and your deliverance in the name of Jesus. May your eyes see in Jesus' name. May your spiritual eyes open in the name of Jesus. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Continue. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh, look at it. I'm closing for today. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Make your hands. Junior. Junior. Is achieved to the blood. So listen. Tomorrow when we are taking the communion, it's not just an exercise. It's communion. Fellowship. Intimacy. Coming together with the Lord. That is why the communion is so powerful. Because through the communion, we become one of Christ. Our fellowship is what makes it possible for us to get that communion. And it is through the blood. Hallelujah. Lastly, number eight, we have victory, we have power, we have healing over the devil through the blood. But how did it happen? Is the subject of our discourse tomorrow. The glorious and the eternal blessings of the blood of Jesus. Everything that happened in the Old Testament was a shadow. When Jesus came, he came to pay the ultimate price. And through that blood, we have What a blessing. What a blessing. From today, have proper respect for the blood of Jesus. Yes. Have proper respect for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Today we are going to pray. And this is our prayer. We are going to pray for our loved ones. 
that wherever they are, this blood of Jesus will find them so that they can receive the life of Jesus. Now listen to me. You better believe it. Because you go to heaven and your brother, your two brothers in the house will be screaming in hell. Yes. But the blood is available. The blood that Jesus shed for me. Stand to your feet. Way back on Calvary. The blood that gave me strength from day to day. Nobody should leave. Nobody should leave that tutorial. Oh, that 
looking for people who stand in the gap and intercede. Listen, today, every evening, we pray for something. Today, we are praying for our families. I want you to pray for your mother, your father, your children, your wife, your husband, your brothers, your friends, your cousins, your family members who are not saved. If it is true that eternal life is true, the blood. And how many of you know that it is true? Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. So when Jesus shed his blood, he has shed his life. And that is the life. When the Bible says, God, God, uh, Jesus gave his life, that's what it means. The blood. I want, to, I want you to pray like never before. Lift up your hands and begin to pray. Pray. Mention names. Mention names. And add the blood of Jesus to reach out to them. Mention names. Mention names. Pray for my family, Lord. I pray for my brothers and my sisters, my cousins, my southern family, my former schoolmates. I pray for them. Let the blood of Jesus find them. Let the blood of Jesus find them. Lift up your hands and your voice. Everybody praying.
lift up your voice and pray. Somebody is going to get saved because of your prayer. Somebody is going to get saved because of your prayer. The blood. May the blood find them. May it find our brothers and our sisters, our children, our husbands, our wives. In the name of Jesus, our friends at work. Oh Lord, let the blood find them. Let the blood find them. The blood of Jesus. We intercede, Lord. We intercede, Lord. We intercede, Lord. Let them not be destroyed. Let them not be cast into hellfire. In the name of Jesus. Rabili Atashe. Zantiri Mohosopo. Ayabakan Deri Mohoseliam. Atare Monte. Shabaliam. Ayandiri Mohosibaliam. Rimola Monte Patari Bose. Ababa. 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 La Santa Ramoste Karibo Hoshe. Pray. We are praying tonight. Everybody that you know who is not safe, mention their names. Intercede for them. God is looking for people who stand in the gap. Father, I want us to pray for our country, Ghana. 
Let us pray that the blood of Jesus wash this country. Let's pray that from the north to the south, west to the east, the blood of Jesus will save Ghanaians. The other religions will, will never take hold in this country. But the blood of Jesus will permeate every nook and crime, every hut, every town, every village, every city, every region of this country. That all false religions will not flourish. The blood of Jesus shall prevail. Ghanaians will be saved. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. against you this year and in the coming years the blood, the blood, the blood the blood, the blood delivers you the blood covers you the blood saves you the blood heals you the blood delivers you lift up your voice and shout yes tomorrow go willing we have communion. We have the healing miracle service. And God, tomorrow I'm going to lay my hands on you.
you'll be secured. Your house will be secure. And you'll be blessed. Father, thank you for your presence and for your power. Thank you for the blood. We appreciate the blood that has forgiven us, redeemed us, reconciled us, cleansed us, sanctified us, given us eternal life, and brought us into communion with you. We are grateful. In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegono, opposite the Collegu Main Gate. Our service times are early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope service, local languages services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant View Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiry, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you. To glorify your